Charlotte metropolitan area sports fans. It is your favorite day of the week, Sunday, and that means Under Construction is back. I'm hosting today Kaiser Sose. To the left of me, or the left of me, is Rodney Rob Pops Richardson. Jamal Darby is still fighting coronavirus in Facebook jail at the same he's a grumpy old man so it's gonna take a little longer to recover right he'll be, yeah. back, he'll be back swinging full force next week yeah yeah he got three days left in facebook jail and that's probably all he's got left on um, fighting COVID 19 so it's been a rough week for that brother man so uh so when y'all see jamal again get, give him some love but uh but we're gonna give him some love too like, like, he, he needs a wife at this point <laughs> yeah <laughs> Hopefully y'all are having a good Valentine's Day. Uh, if you're not, then hopefully we'll make it better for y'all. And um, I do know what I am in love with this Valentine's Day, the Charlotte Hornets, because uh, they lead the Southeast Division. Who would have thought <laughs> they lead the Southeast Division with a 12 and 13 record, one game under, uh, or 13 and 14 record. One game under 500 with Miami uh, a game and a half behind. A kind of up and down week for the Hornets um, as they beat the Timberwolves, lost to the Grizzlies, and then had two consecutive wins uh, against the Wizards and Rockets. Before that, uh, they lost the 76ers and then the Utah Jazz. Uh, LaMelo Ball is pretty much a full-time starter now. I don't think he's ever going back to the bench. And boy, has he produced during the stretch man, man, that, man that kid man i i'm i'm pleasantly surprised like i saw an article that john hollinger wrote uh just just talking about his his historic start and it's it's on the lines with Kyrie and lebron so it's just like the the draft gods actually this past year <laughs> actually looked out for us like what are the chances we had we move up in the lottery get the number three pick and they come up with the best players so far in this draft. Like, this is like surreal. I just want somebody. I, I don't. I, I just like. Please don't wake me up. Please don't pinch me at this point. But um, man, I, I'm I'm just thoroughly impressed by him, man. And 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 just the way that he approaches the game and, and the way and his vision is set at 19 years old. And this kid doesn't even have his full adult body yet. I I, I just can't wait, man. Yeah. Every time I watch him play, I, I must say, wow three, four times a game, like, wow, yeah. did you see that? And I'm like, man, I can't believe we drafted this kid because, I mean, all respect to Kimball Walker, greatest Hornet of all time, but – Kimball wasn't doing this. Kimball wasn't doing this as a rookie, and I, I haven't seen a player be drafted by Charlotte that was this good this fast since – Yeah, yeah. Larry, yeah. And – it, you know, that was almost 30 years ago. And it's hard to believe it took 30 years for us to get a player coming into the NBA who was pretty much already NBA ready and ready to be a superstar. Kemba had to work to get where, where he was. And as much as I love Kemba Walker, LaMelo's potential is so much higher, um, man. It, 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 yeah. it, it's, it's like I didn't, I never realized, like, how big he was. Like, I, I knew he was I knew he was a bigger guard. But I didn't know he had his wingspan, and, and what has thoroughly impressed me as well is his rebounding ability, man. To to, to be a point yeah. guard, man, it, it, it he kind of reminds me of don't 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 slap me for saying this, like a Jason Kidd 
Penny Hardaway type mix. You remember Penny coming? Oh, yeah. Out? Yeah, yeah, Penny was out of Memphis. Six eight, six nine. Yeah, end of the rock. Uh, Penny was a little more athletic than Lamelo, but yeah. but he went to he he did more years of college, and I think he had a more NBA ready body than Lamelo does. Yeah, Lamelo might grow another inch. He's certainly going to put on another fifteen pounds. Inch. Muscle. Yeah, in, in in the off season, and uh, I, that doesn't bode well for the rest of the NBA. Bodes well for us. But, but the thing that impresses me most about LaMelo is how quickly he learned. The stuff that he was doing at the beginning of the season, we were like, okay, rookie mistakes. He's not doing those things anymore. No. And I think one of the most underrated aspects of his game coming into the league was that he had played in the ABL, which is a pro, that's a pro sports league. There's some debate about how much better or worse it is than the NCAA, but he skipped college. He went right to the pros, and he's already doing some pro-savvy pro things. I've never seen a rookie get as many calls as LaMelo gets. I'm telling you, man. I, I'm, I'm, it's, yeah. it's, it's absolutely shocking. And then he already has the respect of his fellow NBA players. Like, yo, this kid is the truth. Like, it, it's, 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 it's refreshing that teams are actually, like, taking the Hornets seriously. But do you see this question right here? What do you think about it? LaMelo is the truth, but do you think having Gordon puts us out the lottery again so we can get the kid from Oklahoma State, kid uh, K Cunningham? Yeah, I, I think it does, but I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, uh, fans latch onto this idea that your team has to just be bad and accumulate a bunch of draft picks, which may or may not be good. And, and it's like, okay, so then what's the break? Like, how long does your team have to be bad and accumulate draft picks? If you can be a competitive playoff team, mm -hmm. then you should aim for that. And I think the Hornets can be a competitive playoff team. I'm not saying I don't even think they would win a playoff series if not now, if, not now. If, um, against uh, Philly, Milwaukee, or um, trying to think of the number three seed is uh, Brooklyn. I don't think they would beat any of those teams in a in, in a playoff. No, nah, I, um, I, I I would even add Boston to that. Yeah, I, yeah, Boston, Boston. I don't see that. Right. So I know that that fans are nowadays in today's NBA or championship or bust, but what we have is very good to build off of. Yeah. And if we're just going to be bad for the sake of getting another college player that may or may not pan out, I'm not on board with that. Plus, we've talked about this before. The Gordon Hayward signing was really timing and circumstance. The Hornets, I don't think, wanted to sign him this season. They wanted to wait. Yeah, they wanted to wait next year. Everyone thought he was going to take the $30 million option from Boston, stay there a year and become a free agent, and then Charlotte would have a realistic chance to get him. But that didn't happen. He opted out, and it's like if we didn't get him now, we weren't going to get him next year. No. Somebody was going to sign him. And none of the free agents next year are realistic options for Charlotte. So I think that's um, – yeah, Gordon Hayward does put us out of the lottery, out of the lottery but the Southeast is a bad division. Mm -hmm. We have a chance to win it for the first time ever. Ever. <laughs> ever. 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 And then you also can't – to me, you also can't bank on just, like, losing like that. Uh, losing takes a toll on players, young players. True. And, and, and they develop bad habits. Um, you look at Sacramento, for instance. Sacramento has had a lottery pick for the last 15 years, and they're just now kind of scratching the surface. And 
even even now one of their young players wants out. He doesn't. He's tired of the losing, and it's just like you can't please everybody. I'm, I'm I'm a firm believer in building the right culture and going for it, like actually trying to go for it. If you end up look like tanking is not, is is not a foolproof thing. Like now now it's not. The lottery odds have changed, mm-hmm. and so you can end up with like the third worst record in the league and still end up with like the seventh or eighth pick. Was it really worth it at that point? If you just take the whole season, yeah, and, and you, we're, we're supposed to we're supposed to pick eight. We're supposed to pick eight, and we want to pick three. Like yeah. that, it's like the first time of forever that we actually moved up. Yeah, I, I think um, the Hornets are right where they need to be. Um, yeah. I, I the, the division is is not good. Although I expect Miami to kind of. Um, kind of step up some, but I think the Hornets are starting to gel. Uh, circumstances around injury has kind of shifted to the lineups to mm-hmm. where they need to be. Um, I like the the path the Hornets take. Now, if, if they miss the playoffs and make the lottery, that's great. That's great. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah, but if they make the playoffs, that's um, too. That's awesome. That's, that's great too, especially considering how everyone loves the Hornets now. The the uh, the <laughs> national coverage from making imagine Lamelo Ball making the playoffs in his first season. Man, I, I'm, yeah. I'm telling you, man, like like the national media has thrown away Zion Williamson and adopted Lamelo Ball. Like, can, can you imagine if we make the playoffs? How many national television games we get next year? Oh man, it, it's it, ridiculous. It'll be a love fest. Yeah, it it definitely will. I I, I really think the only piece the Hornets need is they need. Uh, some consistency in the front court, yeah. not just center, but they really got to figure yeah. out. Yeah, they got to figure out what's going on with the four. I think PJ, uh, I think he can play the four. I think his time at the five has done him well to play mm-hmm. the four, but I'm not sure if, if he's the answer. Yeah, uh, Miles is athletic enough to play the four, and maybe he should be starting. But I just feel like the front court as a as a whole, the Hornets are playing better since Cody Zeller came back. Nobody wants to admit that, but um, Zeller's contract is going to be up. I I would love to see the Hornets sign him cheap as a backup and yeah. then bring in a, a free agent to solidify the starting front court. Let me ask you a question, man. So this player hasn't been getting that much love, but he really needs the love at this point. Terry Rozier is a freaking dog, man. Go back to last year when we signed him. <laughs> what were some of the things that 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 you remember were being said? Oh I mean, man, I mean, um, you shared pictures, but I, let, yeah, let's, let's say everybody else in this. Let's see, uh, Rozier was a, he was a uh, career backup. Um, he hadn't done anything in Boston. We be I, I remember someone saying if he averages fourteen and five on forty one percent from the field, it's a win. That's a win. Yeah, <laughs> I remember someone. Someone told me that he didn't deserve to make as much as Ricky Rubio. Now, I don't know if y'all watched the Timberwolves game and saw Ricky Rubio getting roasted by not just Rozier, but LaMelo Ball. He couldn't even check LaMelo Ball. LaMelo Ball was getting at Ricky Rubio. But I remember someone telling me, yo, Ricky Rubio makes, I think, $21 million a year. And someone telling me that Rozier doesn't (laughs) deserve that. Oh, 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 the infamous uh, one. Uh, the Bleacher Report. Article. Bleacher Report. Worst contracts. I think the Hornets have made that list two years in a row with Rozier Gordon. and Hayward and Gordon Hayward. Yeah, 
I mean, you know what, man? I I I thoroughly believe it's because Charlotte signed them. If 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 the Knicks signed them or Atlanta, oh, yeah, then then, then it would have been a good deal. Like, look at Davis Bertan's contract. Like, <laughs> you know what? Um, Washington fans are not actually very happy about that contract tract and Bertans being inserted into the starting lineup, which is odd to me because every time he plays a Hornets, the dude goes off like fifty three points. You know, just. So um, it, it's interesting to see how other fan bases view, you know, their their own players. But I think you're right. It's if the, if we had been the Knicks, which has been a worse franchise over the last decade than the Hornets have been. Oh, that would have been the greatest signing: Gordon Hayward, Terry Rozier. Oh, the Knicks are going to to the final. Oh, no, the Knicks are back. New York is back. They're the <laughs> Look, they're the best second place team in New York history after Brooklyn. <laughs> Someone asked about Vernon Carey. Uh, G League play of late. What do you think about that, Ronnie? Um, man, I, I'm I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm not I, I'm not really into the G League because I've seen so many players go off and they come back into the NBA and kind of stink it up. Dwayne Bacon. Oh man, you ain't had to say that, man. But um, <laughs> I, I, I'm 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 fascinated by him. I think he should have stayed another year at Duke post losing the weight and just kind of getting used mm-hmm. to the weight because I mean he, he's still a big boy but he's gonna have to get used to playing at a different size uh to me well one of the things that I'm not high on him is uh, about is that he's to me is more of a a, tra- a traditional big man and it's it's kind of hard for them to find their footing in the league Nick Richards is more in the mode of the of the modern big man in the NBA where, where, where he, he catches balls off lobs pick and roll and stuff mm-hmm. like that and so I, I mean I, I'm impressed by his off- offensive output, but some of his defense, like like he scored like the first game he scored like 21 or something like that, but he gave up like 25, 24. And so like I would like to see him get better on the defensive end. Uh, and 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 Jalen, I mean McDaniel's man, I, I'm I'm high on the kid. He just needs time. He's still young. He's mm-hmm. still young. And he actually is coming back tonight. He got cleared. Uh, for COVID protocol, so he should be back tonight. I expect him to get at least some minutes against San Antonio. Um, I don't like. I'm with you, Rodney. I, I don't put a lot of stock into G League performances because we've seen too many times, particularly with the Hornets, where they go to go to Greensboro and they just light it up, and then they come back and they, you know, nothing. However, I will say that it's good for guys like Kerry to get that G League run. You're yeah. supposed to be playing against other college guys, but NBA, you get used to NBA rules, the NBA pace. Um, I, I think that that's good. It, and you can develop your NBA game, mm-hmm. you know, in, in the G League. Um, I like Richards, and I think I think the team does too. I think they like Richards better. That's why they didn't send him to Greensboro. That's why he's still on the active roster because, like you said, they can bring him in. He can catch lobs. He's essentially like a – uh, someone mentioned in the comments, JaVel McGee. He's like a JaVel McGee type center, which is what teams like the Hornets, young teams that like to run, those are the kind of centers they need. Yeah, they need, yeah. Yeah, we don't need a guy like, you know, that's just going to sit in the post and wait to get the ball. Like, 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 <coughs> like Al Jefferson was good when he was here, but people don't understand the NBA was played a totally different way. Like yeah. the NBA was, was, was still kind of, post-centric and the Warriors were just kind of getting started 
And you, you, and to be a successful team like this, if you're going to be a back to the back big man, you have to be elite, elite of the elite, and you have to play both sides of the ball like that, or you have yeah, to have an elite, elite I, skill trait. I think Nick Richards helps us more than Vernon Carey does. Yeah, and, you know, someone in the comments like, well, you know, they go to the G League, they get a rhythm, they come back, and they sit on the bench. Yeah, because they suck. I, I mean, I don't want to. Uh, the The G League is not the NBA. It's a, no. you know, it 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 is not, and you can get a rhythm. Dwayne Bacon is the perfect example. I hate to bring him up because he went to the G League and came back and got minutes. In fact, he was a starter last year, beginning last of the year. year after coming back from the G League. Or a guy like Devonte Graham, he goes to the G League and they say, okay, he's too good for the G League. He comes back, he produces in the NBA. And oh, I'm sorry. Someone said Bacon doesn't suck. I'm sorry, dude. He was a starter here and did not produce. He did not produce. And I'm big on Dwayne Bacon. You can ask anyone on the Hornets group. I was like, this guy is our starting, starting small forward. And he he started and did not produce. produce. He lost his job to Devontae Graham, who did produce. Devontae Graham came out of the G League and shot the lights out. And Bacon could never uh, – he, he just couldn't – Get his rhythm, and then, and and if you talk to anyone who's a Orlando, Orlando Magic fan, look at what they're going through with Dwayne Bacon uh, down there. Um, maybe he doesn't even start. He doesn't start anymore. Yeah, maybe and, 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 and you look at Bacon last year. Bacon shot thirty four percent from the field, like from the whole field last year. That is, and he doesn't. And he's particularly not a three point shooter like that. And so that's not good numbers. I'm sorry. Like any way that you slice it. Thirty-four percent is not good numbers. He is a—he's a black hole in offense. He does not pass the ball. He is not a plus offensive player. If he's going to cut it in the league right now, it's going to be on the—it's going to have to be on the defensive end at this point. And and and, and he's rightfully back with Steve Clifford, which he probably needs because Steve Clifford trusts him. But he he still has to develop. Yeah, I, I don't know if if he's if he was a good fit. For us moving forward, I think Brego had a lot of trust in him. That's why he became he started the season as a yep. starter. But if you look at what the Hornets are trying to do now and the way they play now, I just don't think he's a good fit. He's probably a better fit in Clifford's uh, system uh, here. I mean, people can say whatever they want about Bacon, but he had his opportunity. JB started him at the beginning of the season. He started as a second year player. And how many second year players? You know, get the get the starting nod, and you. I mean, you got to make got to make the yeah, best make hay of it. I mean, it's it's. I mean, he had his shot, he had his opportunity, and he just didn't cut it at that point. And it was just time to move on at that point. I mean, he 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 even started his first. He he started the first game in Charlotte, his rookie year. Yeah, in in, in, in place of uh, Nick Batum. And, yeah, I mean. Uh-huh. I'll just say this. We won't be talking about Dwayne Bacon next season. <laughs> no. We won't. I mean, I mean, we won't, we won't, won't. Because, I mean, Orlando gets everybody back. Next right, year. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're injured. They get everybody back next year. And Dwayne Bacon will probably be like the 13th man off the bench. I mean, yeah. it's, it's – I, I look, I love Bacon, but not this much. <laughs> so, well, let me ask you. So, actually, I want to talk about the Hornet schedule. Okay, the Hornets actually have one of the toughest schedules in the NBA as far as strength of schedule. I think they're in between; they fluctuate between the eighth and the fifth toughest schedule. Um, they've got a pretty brutal schedule coming up. Yeah, before um, the tonight, tonight, San Antonio, 
Uh, then Chicago, Denver, Golden State, and then uh, Utah and Phoenix after that. And then Golden State, again, Sacramento, Portland, and then Minnesota will take us into March. All Western Conference teams, uh, except for the Bulls. Um, how do you think the Hornets are going to whip fair? Let's take it to, to next week. So that's San Antonio, Chicago, Denver, and Golden State, the next four games. What are your predictions? I mean, we, we, to be honest with you, man, to me, we have to beat San Antonio and Chicago tonight, especially Chicago, because we're actually competing with Chicago for a spot in the playing game, in, in the playoff race. Um, it, it's it's going to be a tough road, man. Uh, Denver, I mean, we're probably going to lose. Utah, Phoenix, we're probably going to lose. We have to split with, with, with Golden State at this point. And I, I, it's, it's, man, I, I don't know, man. It's, it's, it's going to be a rough one. I say if we win at least four of those final games, three or four of those final games, we'll be in, in, in okay position coming back for the second half of the season. Yeah, the Chicago game is a must win. Yeah. We can lose the other three this week, but we got to win that Chicago game. Yeah. Um, Eastern Conference team, same division. You, you have to win that game. And, and Chicago is, um, I don't want to say they're not they're not good, but you know they're a team with a losing record. Those are the kind of games you got to win. Yeah, and, and considering that Chicago beat us earlier this season, and you know we had the heartbreaker loss against them last season, I feel like we need some get back against Chicago. You got to win that game, I, I, man. I'm gonna tell you this now, man. That that get back is gonna be hard, man, because Zach Levine is playing out of this world. Absolutely, but I feel like. I feel like the Hornets are even a different team now than we were the last time we played Chicago. I agree. I agree. Lamelo is kind of you know he's starting now. He's getting into that role. The team is starting to gel. Cody Zeller's back. I like the Hornets' chance against Chicago. I don't like our chances against Denver or San Antonio. San Antonio <laughs> is slowly, slowly becoming a Western Conference playoff team. I mean, I, I one thing that's in our favor is Aldridge isn't playing tonight. Um, we may be getting PJ back. I'm, I'm not quite sure on that, but I think we have a better chance than normal. I mean, we've we beat San Antonio the last two or three times. Um, I think we can get them, but it's it's, it's going to be a, 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 a quite close game. Um, it's 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 tough to gauge the, the Spurs team. It's just so different so from what we're used to. We're fortunate in that San Antonio is not a big three-point shooting team, which has been yeah. the bane of the Hornets' existence really for the last three or four seasons. So you're saying that they're going to have a career night tonight against – What I'm saying is they're going to shoot uh, 100 three-pointers and hit 62 of them. So, so so, so, the Martin Rosen is going to score about four or five three-pointers. Murray's going to have another three or four, and uh, it's, it's just going to be bad. <laughs> yeah, it, you know – it, it 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 really just depends. I, I really feel like oh he could he could not resist. Couldn't resist, man. Just couldn't stay away. Man, um, look at this guy. I think if, if the Hornets can limit can limit the three point shooting for Antonio, they'll win. I think they win against Chicago. I think we lose against Denver. I think we lose against Golden State because Steph Curry hates losing to the Hornets. He loves lighting us up for about 40, 50 points every time he plays because he knows his dad is watching. He don't, he won't say that, but he knows his dad is commentating the game, and Del Curry is a professional. He's very, uh, you know, 
when his sons are playing. Um, you know, he, he makes no mention of that, and I think Steph knows that. So I think we'll go two and two this next week. Gotcha. Jamal, what do you think, man? Um, catch me up, man. We are talking about what? So, We're talking about the- so this week we play San Antonio, Chicago, Denver, and go to state. Ouch. Yeah. I, I said we're going to go two and two. I think we get San Antonio and Chicago. I think Denver. <coughs> I think Steph Curry has a, another career night. Um, I think whatever we're predicting will be wrong. That's what I think. <laughs> I think whatever we say. I think whatever we say that we that we expect for the Hornets, they're going to do the exact opposite. That's exactly what I think is going to happen. Um, I'll say this, man. Um, these next four games coming up, San Antonio and Chicago are important because those are the two you expect to get. But let me let's throw some caution to the wind real quick, y'all. What's happened the last couple of games we expected to win? I expected to beat the Memphis Grizzlies. <laughs> I expected to beat the Chicago Bulls the last time we played. We don't know what this team is, man. Um, with all that being said, I'm going to go for a very safe two and two, only because it's just it, it, it's it's the I'm I'm going with the safest odds. You get what I'm saying? Because <laughs> I I can sit here and say we hit, let me let me let me say this. This is one thing that no Hornets fans should ever say when it comes to the Hornets. Hornets fans, if you're listening, don't ever say this about the Hornets. Oh um, man, this is the game we should win. Oh, we should win that game. No, 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 no. So I'm just going to play it safe, man, and go into odds. Two and two, bro. You got you. Uh, well, real quick, real quick stat here. Over the last eight games, the leading scorer for the Hornets has either been Terry Rozier or LaMelo Ball. <coughs> Malik Monk's 36-point uh, outburst against Miami. Who is going to be the leading scorer tonight? I, I, I look. I, I got. I, look, man. I'm going Devontae Graham. I think he. I, I think he's kind of physically back a little bit. Uh, last game was a warm up game. I, I think he leads the team in scoring, and Lamelo is has like ten plus assists tonight. Double double again. I, I'm going to go Terry Rozier. I'm just going to play with the best odds again, man, because he's been the most consistent over the last five games. Um, I think going back, Gordon Hayward has some has some physical issues going on there. That's not being made very public, but I think he's ailing a little bit. Um, I, 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 I wouldn't be adverse to JB actually sitting him a game or two, you know what I mean? But I, I just – <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. But I, you know, I, I, I think he's kind of hit a wall. I, I'll, he'll be fine. Don't get me wrong, but I just think he's, you know, with with the way he's been slumping a little bit the, it, the last couple of games, man. I'm just gonna go with Terry Rozier. Um, Ball's my pick. I do agree that Gordon Hayward's been playing through a bad hand the entire season. Yeah, actually, um, I don't think that hand ever. Fully 100% healed. I think he did well enough for him to play, but his shot is more flat than it used to be. Um, he started off the season in the um, the 50-40-90 club. He is now falling out of that. He's now, I mean, he's still shooting well from the field, but he was shooting phenomenally well at the beginning of the season. He's kind of kind of fallen off, and I don't expect him to have like a, a big uh, comeback game against San Antonio. I think that Lamella Ball is going to give um, – the Spurs fits because he's figured out 
No one can stop him when he goes to the basket. Well, they can stop him at the basket, but they can't stop him getting there. He can just run past people and through people. I think he's starting to figure out the physicality of the NBA. And essentially, they're going to have to put DeMar DeRozan on Terry Rozier or LaMelo Ball. And so you got to pick your poison uh, there. So I'm, I, I think the Spurs are going to put their defensive efforts on Terry Rozier. So let me ask you a question, man. Why the hell is the NBA deciding to have an all-star game this year in the city of Atlanta at all? I mean, I, I, I just don't get it, man. Like, the NBA is considered one of the most progressive leagues. They've talked about kind of having their players take the vaccination to kind of sell it to the black community or whatnot. And you, you, you decide to go to a, a COVID hotspot in Atlanta where these people just, I, I, I hate to say it, man, like, it's, it's, Atlanta's never been closed. <laughs> like I think it's a flex by the NBA. Because the NBA, the, although this season we've seen, uh, you know, players in COVID protocols more than we did in the bubble, obviously the bubble was a success. Yeah. The NBA feels like, okay, we can go to uh, a city, state, which is known to have a high incidence of COVID infections, and we can successfully have our all-star game there. I don't really have a problem with the NBA having an all-star game um, if they feel they can do it safely. And the, the NBA has kind of proven that they can do it somewhat safely. Yeah. Um, my thing is I, I think they could have picked a better place in Atlanta. And the, the fact that the beginning of the season was said, okay, there will be no all-star game, uh, all-star weekend, something I did not agree with, but they said it wouldn't be. It, I, I'm kind of, it's like suddenly, oh, well, you know what? In the middle of the season, let's have an all-star game. This kind of messes things up for the way that teams, especially in a shortened season, yeah. games less, the way teams are, are managing uh, their players and rosters, uh, their, their uh, strategies for playoff positioning. This changes all of that. Um, I don't agree with LeBron James's stance on that because I feel like, Oh, you're getting paid. Y'all are getting paid a quadrillion dollars to play basketball. Just just play one more game of basketball. If LeBron James had, and the other players, I'm just calling out LeBron because he was kind of like the figurehead of that narrative. But if players said, hey, you know, there are, we have real health concerns about COVID. Okay, fair enough. But if but their thing was, well, you know, we, didn't, we only had 41 days off or however many, whatever, da, da, da. I, I don't, I, that I don't want to hear. I do not want to hear anything about uh, rest in time, considering that 66% of the league have four months off <laughs> uh, between uh, the, yeah. the season and the playoffs. Just because the Lakers won the championship, they feel like, oh, well, we need to rest so we don't need to play in the All-Star game. See, see, look, man, look, I, I'm, I'm concerned about it, honestly, man. <clears throat> Just like the Super Bowl to me was like a, a super spreader, and, and, and those numbers will peak pretty soon. Um, yeah. Like, it, it was troubling to me, man. I was on Clubhouse, the app Clubhouse, and I was listening, man. And like, I'm in like a couple of sports groups and whatnot. And, the, and some of these people were like, Yeah, man, we, we, we'll just wait for the NBA to finalize these dates so we can throw a couple of day parties and all this. I'm like, Man, it was just like, 
<laughs> well, are there, are there be fans there? That's my thing. If there's no fans, then okay. they're 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 saying there's not going to be any fans, which makes it even more pointless. I, but if you, if you look if you look at the Hawks, the Hawks are now starting to have fans in the arena. Hence, uh, hence, hence the Karen who who uh who uh, oh yeah who who, who LeBron James who we missed right. totally missed. But here's the thing: wouldn't you watch an All Star game on TV even if there's no fans in the arena? I would. Of course, I mean because it's tradition. I mean you go. Plus, here's here's something that that is getting missed in the narrative. If you look at a lot of the players that are opposed to it, they're vets, they're old head. LeBron James has been to every All Star game ever since he's been in the league, and he could be in fifty more All Star games if he wanted to. You take a player like uh, I'm trying to think who who there are some players. Fringe All Stars. This might be their first ever All Star game. This might be the only chance that they ever get to play in an All Star game. It, for LeBron James and Chris Paul, whoever to say, oh, well, you know, All Star break's not a big deal to us. Well, of course it's not a big deal to you because look at who you are. But there are a lot of players where, plus, there are contract benefits to being in the All Star game for a lot of players. You play in the All Star game, you might get an extra 100K. Those players really want to play in the All Star Game, and it's not really fair to say to speak for all the players in the entire NBA to say, "Well, we don't want to play in the All Star Game." I see both sides of the argument, and I wish the NBA, if they decided at the beginning of the season there was going to be no All Star Game, stick to that. Um, here's what I think about that. I think it is a highly irresponsible thing to do by the NBA, coming from somebody who is sitting here uh, on the tail end of coronavirus. And you decide to do it in Atlanta out of all the states in the cities in the world. You go you decide to do it in Atlanta, Georgia, where coronavirus is being largely ignored in that community. I, it's, just, it's not a good message by the NBA to send to society about the state of coronavirus and the state of this pandemic. It just sends this message like uh, coronavirus still ain't a big deal. That's the message I get from it. And coming from somebody who's still dealing with this crap, I, I hate it. I, I it's like a slap in the face to, to to sensible people who who want to do their best to kind of to stop this spread of everything. I get it, man. As far as the NBA wanting to continue on with tradition and to try to and to try to give the fans something back, but it, it is I, maybe if it was if it wasn't in Atlanta, maybe if it was in. In Topeka, Kansas, maybe I wouldn't, I wouldn't care so much. But it's just the ma- the message seems like such a bold slap in the face, man. I'm not with it, bro. I and, and look, you know, you got younger guys who want to experience these things, man. But here's the hard reality of situation. The reality of situation is that this pandemic is 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 affecting everyone's life, everyone, regardless of whether you're rich, poor. Black, white, you have it, you don't have it. It has affected everyone's life. And that's just the reality we have to deal with. Everybody have to, has have to make um, a sacrifice with this pandemic. So these other players got to do it too, man. Gotcha, gotcha. So, guys, man, I got I got another pressing question. Um, what? How do you feel about the NBA kind of shaking up Mark Cuban and saying, hey, you're going to play this national anthem. Uh, basically, Mark Cuban has said that since he made an executive decision kind of to forego the national anthem before games, and the NBA just kind of said, hey, this is our protocol, and we're having the national anthem before every game. Like, 
How do you guys feel about that? I mean, the NBA is supposed to be progressive. Adam Silver is the progressive, the the, the progressive god. Like, how, how do now, you guys feel the about NBA that? likes to give the appearance that it's progressive mm. because they know that money. You know, Castro. Someone said in the comments, "Cream Castro's everything around me." Let me, say this, real, let me say this as a military veteran, someone who used to salute the, the flag in the national anthem. Every morning I woke up and every day at 5 p.m. Uh, I don't care. And actually, I think it's a great thing that sports move away from that. Mainly because people always say, what do people always say about politics and sports? I don't want any politics in my sports. You can't get more political than playing the damn national anthem before every game. So just Ooh. remove it. It's a subject of controversy. It has negatively affected people's careers in the NBA and the NFL and other sports. It it's just such a hot topic, a uh, hot button topic. Just get rid of it. Well, Kaiser, well, Kaiser, you know, you you and me both know people will say one thing and not necessarily mean what they That's say. Yeah. That's true. But yeah. go ahead, sir. No, I yeah, just I, I think Mark Cuban is like, hey, just let's just get rid of it. Because what purpose? Uh, does it serve except to inject some fake nationalism uh, into your sports? I mean, during the national anthem, if you go to any NBA game, what's everyone doing? People are at the concession stands getting beers, getting pretzels. People don't, people don't, the average American citizen doesn't really care about the national anthem during uh, a sporting event as much as they say they do. Also, most, and I think this is why the NBA is being the way they are with Mark Cuban. The, uh, professional sporting leagues get paid money from the Department of Defense in order to have those patriotic displays. It costs, do you know how much it costs to do a flyover of an NFL stadium? It's like $2 million. It's like $2 million. Why? Because jet fuel, jets cost money to fly. You got to fuel those things. You got to maintain them. You got to do all those things. So they paid the, or the NFL um, money to you have these patriotic displays, same with the NBA. The Star Spangled Banner is part of that patriotic display. The NBA doesn't want to do anything to upset any money they might get from the government, any tax breaks, anything of the sort. I think that's why they're, they have the stance that they are. I applaud Mark Cuban for his decision, and I hope uh, Michael Jordan does the same thing. He won't, but. I'm about to say, come on now. <laughs> Jamal, not, what you think, man? Not, not in Charlotte, North Carolina, buddy. Um, <laughs> I got uh, two words for y'all. Respectability politics. Uh, all, all of this is pretty expected. Um, I, I just wasn't shocked at all when I heard the news, man. Um, man, look, man, the dollar bill is always going to be the bottom line. Uh, Kaza kind of stole all my thunder with this. The, the NBA is always going to give the the illusion that they are the most progressive league out of the major four sports. Uh, you know, they're always going to toe the line. You know what I mean? They, they, the NBA knows that the majority of this league is, is black uh, or, you know, uh, players of color. Uh, they know that there's a lot of black head co coaches. So they're going to play respectability politics up until a, a, to a certain degree. You know what I mean? Um, I, I think with this national anthem, with it being such a, I don't know, such a, hot-blooded thing or such such a part of the uh, of of the national profile 
that's the one thing they know they can't let go because if they let that go, then all hell breaks loose. You get what I'm saying? Then the bad, then then the then it then it becomes it, it, it's not about basketball anymore. You know, every news story, every every cover story becomes about the flag more than does the NBA. So the NBA knows what line they have to toe, and they just told the line. They play respectability politics, man, and it's all expected. I, I got I got one name to say, and I'm gonna close it out. Mahmoud Abdul Rauf. Yeah. And Craig Hodges too. Craig Hodges. Craig, yeah, no doubt. I mean, look, man, we we, we can just move on. <laughs> we can just move on. So I, I mean, look, I was strolling through social media, man, and I saw something that was kind of crazy to me. Somebody suggested JJ Watt come to Carolina. Why? Like, does that make any damn sense? Well, Okay, so all right, so the Texans released JJ Watt, which was kind of a that was a surprising move, in my opinion. And you have a team like Carolina, which has you know the front office says that they're going to be very aggressive and essentially making the team better. Um, we've got a young defense, uh, defensive line is one of the the areas where we could use some help. There's a lot of areas, but defensive line. Cricket area. So, you know, you got a guy like J.J. Watt who could possibly help out. The problem is that J.J. Watt's been in the league, what, a decade now? Mm -hmm. He's not. He's still only 31. He's still only 31, and I'm just confused. I thought he was like 35. I know, right? Right, right. right. No, I agree. He's not the same J.J. Watt that he was. I liken this to remember when Reggie White came to Carolina and we was everyone was so happy. And don't get me wrong, Reggie White actually had some solid. Hey man, hey, hey, he had some moments here, bro. Yeah, but it wasn't the same. And it, it, it wasn't Philadelphia, Jerome yeah, Brown, Philadelphia Eagles, Eagles, right, right, right. right. So uh, you know, I I see it the same way with JJ Watt. I could see the interest. And it, but JJ Watt still gonna and like Pilot, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna kick Pilot out of the chat and throw up if he but, mentions that one more time. It's true though. Everyone's gonna the, the NFL is now gonna become like the NBA. You guys saw Adrian Peterson made a tweet essentially, practically begging to go to Tampa Bay now. Um, I don't want the NFL. This, this is the last thing that the NFL, the last advantage the NFL has over the other pro leagues and probably why it's still the most popular. Parity. Yep. Yeah. Everyone's team has a chance to win the Super Bowl. It, I don't care how bad your team was the year before, you might be like the Carolina Panthers, have a losing record, and then go 15-1 and one the very next season. If you start stacking teams in the NFL, you let J.J. Watt go to Tampa – then that's exactly what's going to happen to the NFL. It's going to become like the NBA. Yeah, guys, man, like I'm, I'm on the fence, man. Like, 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 Kaiser said, we need so many things. Like, we need like a whole linebacking core. <laughs> <laughs> like all three. We need all three. All three. We need, all three. <laughs> um, we need another DB. Uh, I think we're okay at safety. I mean, it's it's just so many things that we need, and most importantly, we need a quarterback. And I I I, I just don't see the need to go after JJ at this point. Uh, 
we're not to, to me we're, we're not remotely close to being contenders. We're 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 at least another year or two away. But man, I, I, I'm gonna say this, man. How toxic is that 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 that, that Houston organization at this point, man? The whole city. Yeah, I mean, seriously, all the good players. The, all all three of their major teams have lost. Speaking of, I'm I'm glad I'm glad you brought that up, Ronnie, about how crazy the Houston Texas organization is. Because for the next time, you know, one of you clowns want to utter out how bad of an owner Michael Jordan is, please look no further than the Houston <laughs> Texas organization, and please broaden your horizon on sports before you make that uh before you make that call. But back to JJ Watt really quickly, man. Um, is it'll be kind of if it's if it was this thing where it's just like you sign a guy for like you know a, a very very affordable one to two year deal, then it's just like ah eh, cool whatever you know he can share snaps with uh with Yatir Matos Gross or whatever his name is, and it, you know if he shares snaps with, with with him, then it's like okay okay that's that's okay that's something we could see. I I I could definitely be on board with something like that. But even if we were, I would really quell my expectations on what he could bring to this organization because I, I think people kind of hold on to this image that J.J. Watt is still J.J. Watt from from 2008 that was that was uh, a cheat code on Madden that could get you a sack every time you lined up. And it's, and it's just – that's not the reality anymore, man. So um, I'd be okay with it, but nothing I would do a backflip over. Gotcha, gotcha. Guys, man, so I, I, I got a quick question, man. I saw some things recently that the Panthers were actually looking at just different quarterback options. I've 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 I've, I've actually heard we were linked to the Jets for uh what's the guy's name? Brett, Sam, Donald. Sam Donald. Sam Donald, yeah. And just kind of like we we were in on the Matt Stafford thing, and we offered a ridiculous package. Got I mean, let me ask you a question: Would it be so bad to bring Teddy back and just cut him after next year, and just kind of play for, play for just just like just kind of play for a, a lower level playoff seed and, and and just another high high pick next year, or do you think it's just we have to go for it? I mean, because I'm 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 honestly afraid we we might give give up too much for a quarterback at this point. I think the Panthers are in a very, very tough situation, man. And I think what what I'm afraid – the way that I'm afraid that it may play out is overreaching for a quarterback in the draft. I really believe that. I really believe that could really be our reality going going into this draft. Um, I think the Matthew Stafford thing hurt <laughs> because, yeah. you know what I mean, the, the big thing was, was Deshaun Watson and, and how do we go all in on it. I think all of us believe David Temple would would trade the damn the damn stadium for Deshaun Watson, but it just doesn't look like it's going to work out that way now. And of course, the Stafford thing fell through, so we're just like all the chips are really not falling in our favor. You get what I'm saying? And I just think we're going to be in a situation, like you said, Rodney, where we're gonna we're either going to have to give up too much to get something mediocre. Or come draft time, it's it may be Justin Fields' time, it may be Trey Lance time. I just think you know it, it's kind of like this. Remember, like when the Hornets, like with the whole Gordon Haywood situation, it was like, all right, we didn't get this, we didn't get this, we didn't get this. So now we're here. So this is what we're gonna get. I think you're gonna get you're gonna see a very similar situation 
with the Carolina Panthers. I think their their first three or four choices are not working out the way they want them to. So come draft time, it's like, ah, maybe we have to reach for a talent because we have no other options. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I, you know what? If I'm Teddy Bridgewater, I got to start thinking about plan B because clearly the Panthers have no confidence in him. And, you know, we we saw what they did with Cam Newton, who was a better quarterback than – and he might not have fit what we were trying to do anymore. He was better than Teddy Bridgewater for that kind of money at the very least. Um, and so when you, you look on the news and you see that, the, you know, the Panthers are trying everything that they can to bring in your replacement, you either got to – have an, an insane developmental jump or you've got to start thinking about what your other options are. Um, having said that, I really think the Panthers, this is maybe one of those cases where maybe you should just, just sit down. Look, a couple years back, we always advocated for the Hornets to take their medicine. You made your choice for this Teddy Bridgewater deal. Mm-hmm. It's time to take your medicine. Like, you, yep. you, you got one more year of this contract before you can cut it without penalty. Nobody put a gun to your head and say, "Here, sign this, sign, sign this dude who never threw for more than fourteen touchdowns in a year." No, nobody told you to sign him. Take your, take your medicine. Try again next year. Look, you're already gonna lose Curtis Samuel. Tell him bye bye. I mean, just, 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 just. That's all you can do because I, I don't the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes is over with. Houston is gonna hold on to him. He's got two years left in his contract. They, I, look, listen, they, listen, they're either gonna hold on to him or they're gonna end up giving something uh, they're they're not gonna get the value they want back. I think it was next but honestly, man, like I, I I want Watson. I mean, for selfish purposes, I mean he's a great guy too. But I'm I'm, I'm gonna be completely honest. We don't have the assets to go get him without hurting our roster. We we just yeah. don't have the assets. Like you, you look at a team like Miami. You look at a team like the Jets. They have assets. I mean, I, you know I, that 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 brings me to a question I've always had with the Panthers. It, it, look, man, in the NFL, if if you if you're bad. You at least have money to spend. Mm-hmm. If you don't have money to spend, then you're in contention. Why is it with the Panthers? We're bad and don't have money to spend. Why? I'm sorry. You, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna give you a link to that. I got I got a name, Marty Herney. This. He he, he he handed us some of those contracts out. And I, look, man, sometimes the Panthers don't know how to cut bait with aging veterans. Like KK Short should not have been on this roster this past year to me. I'm sorry. Like if you went youth move, not approvals in pudding. I agree. Yeah. And 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 then that Shaq Thompson deal. Like he's an okay linebacker. He's probably should be your second, third best linebacker. His contract was just ridiculous to me. I mean, what did he prove to get that to money? warrant that kind of money? Right. Make money, black man. But you stole that shit. <laughs> wow. No, wow. Yeah, the, wow. The Panthers, well, you know, we forget the Panthers playing Charlotte. 
they have the same issue that the Charlotte Hornets have in that to keep your own talent, you have to overpay mediocre players. I mean, we, we've seen the Hornets do it over the last 10 years, and it, it may come to a point where they're going to have to do it again. I mean, as much as we love Miles Bridges and Devontae Graham, when their contracts are up, how much are they really worth to us versus, you know, the market? And so I think the Panthers run into that. Well, well, Kaiser, with the Devontae Graham situation, you got this new, you got this shiny red Ferrari in the driveway now, man. Yeah, so, that's, yeah, that's true. Uh, you, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I'm gonna sell over some money for for a Kia Sorento. You know what I'm saying? But well, still, though, it in that situation, you know, they've got the, the Hornets have a really good problem. A problem the Panthers don't have, and that they've got three pretty good players that play the same position. Remember when we didn't have any guards? We were like, man, I wish we had a backup. We got we got 47-year-old Tony Parker. Woo! Yeah, yeah. Right. We had time. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we was like, what's Gennaro Pargo doing these days? Yeah. Good gracious, man. We, were, we had Marco Bell and now we were like, fine, a guard. <laughs> like, hey, man, look, call Ramon's freshers up. He's from Murder. Yeah. <laughs> but I think, I think the Panthers are kind of the same way in that we've had to overpay to keep our own talent because they're going to go somewhere else, possibly for less money because they get to play in a bigger market. Hey, man, um, look, look, I, 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 look, before we move on, I'm going to just say this, man. In about seven years. <laughs> no, he did not say MCW. <laughs> no, no, no. In about seven years, it's going to get crucial, man. It's, it's, it's going to get crucial. Look, if, if 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 we don't put a competent team around that new Ferrari, well, of course, cause we we already know. All right, come on, man. Yeah, we right. Right. But, but listen, if in seven years, if the Hornets have failed to build a team around Lamelo Ball, then yeah, he should leave. He should leave. He, he should, should leave. leave. And, and look, and, and look, and, and if it happens, we should be used to it. We shouldn't have any emotion behind it because we've seen it before. Amen. But, Look, look, if, 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 if it's seven years we don't at least make the, the conference finals, the second round of the playoffs, man, look, I'm a Laker fan after that, man. Let's, <laughs> let's not go to the extreme here, Riley. But <laughs> but but in all seriousness, man, you know, I, it, it, this franchise has made every single mistake you could make. So if you haven't learned <laughs> – so you, if you haven't learned from your past mistakes up until this point, then I don't know what to say for the Hornets at that point, man. I really don't. So hey, Anthony, Anthony, we're going to have a conversation about this later. Uh, Jamal and and Kaiser and me are diametrically opposed. I look, I don't give a damn what y'all say. I, you, you, I'm not giving up the white LT. Y'all, y'all can, y'all can there get There isn't a man. team not in the league that nope. wouldn't pay McCaffrey. Not a single one. Not, not a single, single one. Not a single team. In the league, y'all must be crazy. Yeah, but 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 hold on. Hold on. To that point, to that point, which is a great point. That is a great stat. But it it leaves out some context. Essentially, all of those teams either had one or two things: a Hall of Fame quarterback or historically great defense. None of those teams. There, none of those teams did not have one of those two, and a lot of those teams had both of them. The Panthers have neither. Don't even have close to have it. We don't. We certainly don't have. We had a Hall of Fame quarterback, but we told him to kick rocks. Cam, Cam Newton will make the Hall of Fame. I'm sorry, he will. Uh, it's gonna be close. Look, it, it, it'll, 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 it'll be close. But it'll be close. It'll be close. It, it depends on how much the media I love, likes I love, rushing stats. I, I, look, I love Cam, 
But we 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 got it. We 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 got it. We got, I, I got to be honest. The media doesn't like Cam. That's and the, true. And the media votes on this Hall of Fame. That's, and yeah, that's a good point. It's gonna be close. I say he gets in eventually, as, as a part of the. I hate to say this, a senior member. Like he is, it's, it's gonna be years. Like like, 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 like Drew Pearson. Like Drew Pearson. It's, it's, yeah. it's to me. It's gonna be years where where he's a finalist and doesn't make it, and he's gonna be, he's eventually gonna get in at, at some point. And hey, let, look, let's talk about this Hall of Fame thing. Calvin Johnson. Retire early, got in first ballot. Somebody told me Luke Keekley has no chance in hell of getting in because he retired early. I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I, I would smack that person in the face and never listen to him. I, 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 what's the rationale behind that? I, I, I just don't get it. Luke is going to be the first Panther Hall of Famer. No, it's, it's going to be Peppers. Okay, either it, one, I, I can either see one, it. either well, one. It would be. Uh, but here's the thing. Peppers retired a year before Luke, so yeah, you're yeah. right. It, it, it'll be Peppers, and, and 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 Peppers is first ballot. Peppers is first ballot. Peppers will get in another two years, two or three years. But Luke, I think Luke and Patrick Willis are going to have a harder time because they because they did cut their careers a little short. Luke, I understand why he did it. And they, they, listen, Luke, Luke might have cut his career a little short, but he made a lot more impact in his eight years than a lot of linebackers did yeah. in 12 to 15 it, it really, I mean, eight years, that's a long time for the average. I mean, the average NFL career is three years. Um, it's Yeah, true. It is a little longer for, um, for linebackers, but eight years is a long time. And the simple fact is there was not a better middle linebacker in the league for seven of those eight years. It just simply it just wasn't the truth of that. Um, I'd be shocked if Luke Keekley wasn't a first ballot Hall of Famer. Hey guys, guys, look, finally, man, Smitty's gonna have to wait. Historically, wide receivers had to wait, yeah. and Smitty, look, he's gonna get the short end of the stick because of the quarterbacks he played with. But that guy was a monster. He look, I, I hate to say this, he might get in like Cam gets in eventually later on yeah. down the line. Really, they got to change the rules to the, the Hall of Fame. Most of the, the, the voting rules are unwritten rules. They only vote five to seven players in a year, and that's not like a hard rule. Why why couldn't you vote ten players in or two players per position or or whatever? Because we all know there are guys that are deserving to be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, look how long it took Terrell Owens. I mean, Terrell Owens should have been first ballot. Yeah, right. Been first ballot. And because so much man, I didn't like the guy, he yeah, should have been the first ballot. Yeah, because right. the media didn't like him. You know, he got stonewalled for for years. It's it, plus, you know, there's all like I said, there's always been a log jam and wide receiver. Um, it's it's ridiculous. The whole Hall of Fame thing uh, is ridiculous as it stands. All right, guys, look, we're gonna move on, man. Like we we, we could talk about this for days. I could add Sam Mills on there, but we're not gonna do that. Uh, quick question, guys. What are your shout outs for the week? Jamal, I'm going to start with you, Mr. Sick. Um. <laughs> hey, man, look, man, look, man. Shout out to you for, for for even coming on today and getting better, man. Just just shout out to you, man. Appreciate it, brother. Um, shout out, shout at to everyone who still believes coronavirus is not a real thing. Um, I felt like I was going to die Thursday night. 
Mm-hmm. Luckily, I'm okay, man. I'm, I'm still, I'm, I'm, I'm at the, I'm getting to the finish line. I ain't there yet, man. I'm probably gonna go to sleep as soon as we get off of here, bro. But um, shout out, shout out to everybody who still believes coronavirus is not a thing. Uh, shout out to Jerry V who blessed us last week, man. That was a really good show. Uh, man, who else? What else? And uh, R.I.P. to his dog. He lost his beloved dog this past week. Oh no. Man. RP yeah. man, sorry about that, man. But um, just uh, 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 shout out to the continued listeners and supporters and the guys in the chat room. Um, I, I say this every week, man. But but those of y'all who are in the chat room, man, y'all make the show, man. Y'all are our mouthpiece. Y'all are our marketing t- uh, team. So please continue to do what you do, man. Uh, shout out to to Rodney, to you, to a lot of people who just checked on me. A lot of people was like, man, yeah, I shout out to people who bought me food. Shout out to people who, 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 who gave me DoorDash credits. Shout out to people <laughs> who just sent text messages, man. It was all appreciated, man. So thank you. Thank you all for your support, man. Got you, Kaiser. Uh, shout out to, I'll give a shout out to uh, Vince Dunlap. Mm. Because Vince has been Negro Domus when it comes to the ascension <laughs> of the mellow ball. If you go back and watch old episodes of Under Construction from like a year before we even thought that it was possible a mellow ball could be a Charlotte Hornet, he was saying the mellow ball was going to be. And then, you know, he was on the mellow ball train, um, you know, when, when, it, when we got the third pick. And then we pick him and he's like, hey, he's going to be starting by February. And so far, everything Vince said. So here's what I need from Vince. I need to know if Dogecoin is going to go up. Uh, <laughs> I need to know lottery numbers uh, from this coming week. Um, what else I need to know? I need to know what uh, Shaw Day's uh, Valentine situation looks like. Oh I, can, oh, I can tell you. Oh, I can tell you what it looks like. <laughs> By, by the way, four more days. Four more days, guys. More yes, days. sir. Four more out. days. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. Shout out to shout out to Vince, man. Okay, so I got a couple. Shout out to the ladies. Happy Valentine's Day, loves. Oh, wait, wait, I want to give one more shout out. Shout out to the NBA for actually finding somebody for flopping. Oh, oh, LeBron man. James and Kyle Kuzma both got hefty fines from the yeah, NBA. That, that, that was egregious. That was egregious. Nobody <laughs> touched that dude, man. That was one of the worst flops I've ever seen in my life, man. Yeah, that was bad for even for a LeBron flop. Even for a LeBron flop. But God dang, bro! And then he just walked to the free throw line, like you know. Like <laughs> hey, I got, I got, I got one more shout at. Um, and I, this is a shout at we're all gonna remember. Uh, this is like this is like an eternal shout at. I'm gonna never ever, and I do mean never. I'm never gonna let Bleacher Report ever forget <laughs> that they told y'all that Terry Rozier was the worst free agent signing of that summer. I, yeah. I'm just I'm gonna keep at it. I'm never gonna stop reminding y'all. That's it. Go ahead, y'all. And so I mean, look. I'm going to give a shout-out to Vashti. Her birthday was yesterday. Happy birthday, Happy birthday Vashti. She was like our second, first and second guest ever and has been supporting us forever. And just shout-out to you, man. We appreciate you. I hope you had a wonderful birthday. And, uh, man, I got a shot, a shot at, man. Look, congratulations to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for 
But guess what? At the end of the day, uh, you still have the worst winning percentage in sports history. The <laughs> franchise will always be garbage. You, you lucked up because you are in Tampa Bay, Florida, and Brady dragged all the talent to play with him. You were asked for Jameis Winston, and you will be asked after Tom Brady. Great retirement community. Great retirement community. The Tampa will always be America's butthole. <laughs> I, I co-sign 100%. I, 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 I just had to say that. I might be a little salty. But, I mean, I, I, I look, it, it, it's unfair that an in-depth franchise who's been threatened to move a couple of times, who has been trashed overall, has two Super Bowl championships, but a, a good franchise like the Panthers or like the uh, – I'm even saying Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta, Atlanta has been a better franchise than, than, than Tampa. Like, the, the, these franchises have been suffering all these years, and you freaking lucked up because you're in Tampa Bay, Florida. F Florida. F Tampa Bay. F Florida. <laughs> Tom Brady is not the best athlete in the world ever or in the world. Serena is better than him. MJ is still better than him. Even LeBron James is freaking better than him. He is just – he can just throw the ball. That's it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just had to get that out. Hey, no, hey, hey, I got – Hey. There. Yeah. Shout out to Tampa Bay's defense. Hey, man, but look, man, Brady was funny, man. He was drunk and he was lit this past weekend, and I enjoyed seeing that, though. <laughs> I, I, I'll just end it on this. A lot of people don't <laughs> Tampa was 12 to 1 odds to win the Super Bowl before the season started. Like, who was surprised? Nobody was surprised. surprised. They were 12 to 1 odds. That was third best in the league behind Green Bay and San Francisco. Um, yeah, you talk about lucking up into a championship. Now, I hope that we can luck in, up into a championship, but um, we'll still have a better all time winning percentage. Nah, well, you, you see, Kaiser, there you go, man, because luck and Charlotte don't go together, bro. We we look, don't man, have look. luck here, look, bro. Man, look, look. Hey, he locked up got LaMelo Ball. So well, maybe, finally, maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe things have changed. You're look, right, you're right, you're right. Our mascot is a black cat. I'm going to just leave it at that. It's a bear. <laughs> It's a black bear. How about that? How about that? What's that bear doing? <laughs> you, did you call him that, sir, huh? <laughs> that guy. Robin has a great season next year. So. All right, guys. Th thank you guys so much for watching. Uh, Y'all stay safe. Uh, hope you get some cutting tonight. It's Valentine's Day. Love y'all, man. Mask up. Peace out. Peace, Peace out. out.